I gasped as I opened my eyes and quickly glanced around at my surroundings. My hands, like they always tended to do when I first awoke each morning, went straight to my stomach. Feeling how flat it was only caused my heart to ache as well as pound against my ribs. Fighting back tears, I pushed my tangled hair out of my face and tossed my legs over the side of the bed. Head in my hands, I took several deep breaths to calm my racing heart as I pushed back the dreams I'd had yet again. They were the same every night, the same beginning, the same tragic ending. Some nights I wasn't even sure if it was a dream or if I was just lying in my bed with my eyes closed remembering. The dream was so close to the reality of my past that I couldn't be sure sometimes. As drained as I felt most of the time, maybe I hadn't been sleeping after all. Felicity? I lifted my head and found Nick Armstrong standing in the narrow doorway of the sleeping area. After spotting him there, I turned my gaze to the two other beds across from my own. Mia wasn't in her bed, and I had an instant shot of fear before I heard her sweet little voice from the front of the bus, along with her baby brother's gurgles of laughter. Are you hungry? Nick asked in a quiet tone, as if he knew what nightmare was replaying in my head and was experiencing the same thing. Mia not in her bed. Mia taken by some faceless woman with a vendetta against her mother. Mia with blood that wasn't her own soaking her clothes as Emmy Armstrong handed her sobbing daughter over to her child's shaking father before racing off to the hospital to check on the woman who had saved her child. Not really, I muttered, and reached for the hairband on the small shelf above my pillow so I could pull my short red hair up into a knot. Food hadn't had any appeal the last few days. Not since I'd been woken up to Natalie Stevenson pounding on the tour bus's door and discovered that Mia had snuck out while I'd been asleep. The guilt was choking me, making nausea roil my stomach. No one had said anything, not with words or even with a look, that they blamed me. They didn't have to. I blamed myself enough for them all. I was Mia and her brother Jagger's nanny. It was my job to care for them, watch over them, love and protect them when their parents were working. I hadn't done a very good job of it, though. I hadn't heard Mia as she'd snuck out of the bus, but I should have anticipated it. After the fit she'd thrown earlier that night, wanting to watch her father perform at the rock festival that was one of the last stops on Demon's Wings' summer tour, I should have known that she wouldn't just go to sleep. The little girl was sweet and sassy, but she was also stubborn to a fault. I shouldn't have fallen asleep when I knew she was just lying in her bunk pretending to be asleep. I shouldn't have- How about coffee? Nick's voice broke me out of my thoughts with a small smile. That smile was all he could seem to muster in the last few days. With Emmy still at the hospital, and Mia still lost in the nightmare of nearly being taken, I was surprised Nick could find the will to smile at all. The sound of deep voices from the front of the bus let me know that the other members of Demon's Wings had arrived, so I nodded. I'll be out in a few, I assured him as I stood and headed toward the small bathroom. A few minutes later, I entered the living room kitchenette of the tour bus that we'd called home for the last 14 weeks. 
Demon's Wings was doing their USA tour with Otherworld, and I'd gotten to see most of the country in just a few weeks. It had been fun, but now I was ready to take the two kids that I'd come to love as my own and hide in their house back in Malibu.